Welcome to the Rewind Big Weekend special. Today we look ahead to Ireland's clash with Scotland in what we hope will be a winning weekend in the RBS Six Nations. We get the views of the players and the pundits. The women's team are also on the verge of a championship. Their job is somewhat less complicated than the men's in a sense that if they beat Scotland by plus 21 points, then they will win the championship. But it could be made a bit easier if England were to beat France. We'll speak to hooker Gillian Burke, who wins her 51st cap and We'll, we'll hear from coach Tom Tierney. In the Premier League, Off the Ball brings you live an exclusive commentary of Liverpool against Manchester United this Sunday at 1.30 in Anfield. We'll preview the match with Raf Diallo and David Connolly. Let's start though with rugby and ahead of Saturday's meeting in Murrayfield. We've been inside both camps with Jamie Heaslip, Mike Ross and Greg Laidlaw. We've seen some opportunities. We've also seen a lot of threats from Scotland. It's a big pack that are quite mobile but... but, but pretty solid uh, pack especially with, the, with their back five who are big units and then Fans find I think they have uh, you know a lot of the Glasgow players who are going well on the Pug 12 who are, who are playing a lot with each other and, and uh, they seem to be directing the show very well so we've got to respect that threat Scotland have a very good pack you know they've got Ewan Murray they're a lot of experience you know Ross Ford in the middle and Alistair Dickinson you know and a lot of weight and Jim Hamilton and you know their back three is pretty canny whoever they decide to pick in there you know and Rob Harley especially can be a bit of a nuisance around the breakdown you can't focus on, on points difference or anything like that anything really. other than winning the game yeah because if you don't win the game like you're, you're, you're stood there definitely without anything in your hands you know what I mean so uh, you just got to go out and, and kind of focus on the games and I think you know the last time we played against Scotland you know the game I think the, the final score kind of took away from the actual game um, I think it was like something like 6-3 at half time you know, and we only seemed to pull away in the last 15 minutes we, we don't want to try and you know throw it around from the start because if you, if you do that and you make knock on a mistake before you know it, one of their fastball carriers will be scooting up the pitch, you know. And I think most of their their back three, each one of their back three, has gotten intercepts so far this six nations. So something we'll be conscious of, you know. We'll put width in it when it's appropriate, but we're not going to just be playing wide, wide for the sake of it. We need to start winning these games, and because that's a disappointing thing, because we have done so many good things. We just need to keep playing for the full eight minutes and have the confidence to do that and as soon as we start doing that we're, we're going to be an extremely tough team to, to play against and a, an extremely tough team to beat and, and that's where we, we need to get to in this match this weekend now it's hugely important for that This is the Rewind Big Weekend Special Greg Laidlaw finishing there well it's going to be a great day for 27 year old Luke Fitzgerald who wins his 29th cap making his 21st start his first since 2011 he's been so unlucky with injury has uh, Fitzgerald the Leinster winger spoke with News Talk's Dave McIntyre been reminded constantly today that it was uh, four years ago since my last start in, in a Six Nations match and um, yeah I'm absolutely delighted to be involved this weekend for, for the big one um, feels like it's uh, an awful lot of hard work kind of rewarded in, in the end and um, yeah delighted Was it out of the blue Luke? Has this shocked you? No, I don't think so. No, um, I think um, like you know, obviously there's an awful lot of quality opposition uh, competing for those kind of back three slots. But I kind of felt like I was pushing pretty hard and training well and kind of kept the head down. I think um, they're important aspects when you're when you're part of the extended squad. And I think uh, I was probably pretty close before the English game and 
Um, obviously, Simon had a fantastic game that day. So, um, yeah, I mean, things are. It was a tricky, tricky game last weekend, and obviously, I get the nod this weekend. So, a lot of responsibility to uh, to the rest of the team, and I suppose to the, to the guys who were competing for my position as well to to put in a big performance. I think from from a coach's perspective, though, and you've got to be empathetic in in these scenarios, even though it's unbelievably hard when you're so vested. Um, but I think you know, changing a winning team is. It's always tricky, and the boys have been doing a really good job for a long period of time. I mean, ten wins in a row isn't uh, isn't easily done uh, in any jersey. Obviously, it's a big game um, for myself. I feel like I've nothing to prove. I've played an awful lot of times for not an awful lot of times. I've played a good few times for Ireland at this stage, and uh, I think people know what I'm about. I just got to do and go out and execute what I'm what I'm good at, you know. And and I suppose the basics, as always, in, in internationals, become probably a little bit more important, especially in the big ones. So. Um, I think I'm pretty experienced and looking forward to it at this stage. I'm not really too nervous at this stage. Looking, looking forward to it more than, than anything else. I'm lucky enough to put on the green jersey this weekend. Um, I say lucky, but uh, probably don't believe that. I think um, I've worked really, really hard to, to get back in this position, and um, I feel like it's it's all that hard work kind of, I suppose, vindicated. It's hard when you're when you feel like you're a million miles away and you're close to retiring and all these kind of things because you just can't figure out injuries, but. Um, I find it really hard to say it's it's lucky to be in. Um, I'm obviously blessed to be in the position, but I worked really, really hard, and uh, I'm delighted to get the opportunity. Yes, Were there any times over the last three and a half years you didn't think this moment would come again? Yeah, I suppose I kind of alluded to that um, a minute or two ago in, in saying that I was pretty close with some pretty major injuries in, in that. Um, I just didn't really see a way back, and I couldn't really figure out what, what the problem was. Um, Funny that, given all the major structural ones I've had, that it was a soft tissue injury that uh, was the one that was probably I was closest to calling it a day on. Uh, I just couldn't really figure it out. It was too frustrating coming in, you know, two or three times a day, working really, really hard uh, and getting no results. So, um, yeah, no, I feel like it's an awful lot of hard work kind of uh, rewarded today. And how's the championship been for you as effectively a spectator? Yeah, well, I think I was probably closer spectator than most. Unfortunately, uh, when you're that close, it's 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 really really hard. It, it can be. You just got to stay positive, and you got to give the guys. You got to be uh, very very professional. Um, that's the key. Um, you got to keep the head down, work really hard, be vociferous in training, be confident. Um, you know, and, and and do all the basics really well every day, and um, try and get the guys prepared uh, for the games on the weekend as well as possible. And that's a really tough thing to do because obviously everyone, there's 35 guys in and, and everyone wants it as bad as each other. Uh, everyone's working really hard, so uh, it's really trying. Um, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm delighted. I think I worked really hard for it. I'm, I'm really, really excited. Um, I don't think I can do what, what Simon does. I do what I do. Uh, that's what I'm in the team to, to, to do is, I think, probably that lateral movement. Um, that's probably where I have, it's, it's the strongest part of my game, that footwork, you know, beating guys, um, drawing in defenders, um, all those kind of things are, and you know, creating opportunities for myself and, and for others. There, that's what I'm in the team to do. And obviously, I think, you know, 50% of the game is is defence. More often than not, is it not? So I think that's a, that's a huge part of the game for me. I feel like I'm I'm really strong in that aspect. And um, so they're the things I suppose I, I bring to the game. I feel like. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm working really hard. I can't really try to be anything else other than what I am. So that's what I'm going out there to do. The big disappointment so far in my career is that I've never been involved in, in a World Cup campaign. And uh, I can't say that it's been on my mind. Um, it really hasn't. I've just been trying to focus on getting into the team for the Six Nations. I mean, obviously, it's everyone's long-term goal at the moment. Anyone who writes any goals, that'll be the cherry on top. But for me, um, short-term, 
it's uh, playing well this weekend and uh, I hadn't actually thought of that perspective it's, it's interesting if it had been a, an audition as such but I think it's too far away to, to, there's an awful lot of rugby to be played in, in between then and now so uh, I think I'll just focus on this weekend This is a Rewind Big Weekend special on News Talk that's Luke Fitzgerald still to come we preview Liverpool against Manchester United but first let's hear from Keith Wood he spoke to Ivan Yates on News Talk Breakfast ahead of Scotland against Ireland Let's start 12.30, Rome tomorrow, no Parise. Uh, Italy really disappointing in the second half against France last Sunday. Um, how bad could it get or how good could it get for Wales? Um, I think it could get very good for Wales. I was in Rome last Sunday. Now, it was a dirty, wet day and um, yeah, there was a lot of mistakes. But to be honest, um, Italy just seemed lost. I mean, France were all over the shop, but, but Italy were totally lost. And then when you see Parise limping off the field, you know that there's difficult times ahead of them. They do have Martin Castro Giovanni back, and he is and has been a bit of a rallying call for them in the past. But, you know, if Wales if Wales start well, if they if they can try and silence the Italian crowd, they could actually rack up a decent score. Yeah, the bookies have the handicap spread. The highest is 24 points. They need about 35, I'd say, to have a chance. Would you agree with that? Yeah, they they do. You know, I mean, it's it's one of those games where a mathematician is needed, really, for, for the final weekend. But yeah, there's a whole load of things could happen. Teams could get beaten and that throws all the points difference out into the mix totally but you know I could see them um, scoring a lot of points um, there is previous in, in Italy and Ireland about seven or eight years ago had the opportunity to, to win down there and gave away a score at the end which would have made the points difference enough to have won the championship and, and didn't you know so So what's your sense of it uh, Wales plus uh, my sense of it, Wales could be plus thirty-one or two. I think. Okay. I, think that's, I mean, that's a, it's a big, big call for them to go that far. But okay, we then move uh, to Edinburgh, two thirty uh, kickoff. Now, um, is there a possibility that both Wales and Ireland had such an epic slugfest last week that they might be not able to reach that physical height again, or not? Um, I look. I don't think so. I, I think the. The game last week was phenomenal, and I know from Irish perspective we tend not to see some of the beauty of it, but there were incredible passages of play, and it was unbelievably physical. And for that reason, it'll take a lot out of the players, but this is the last day of a championship, and you're going into it with an opportunity to win it. So I I think you can kind of shrug off any tiredness or any um, latent um, bruising from last week. Could this be a banana skin for Because we know there's often one big mighty performance, illogical performance, emotional performance in Edinburgh and Scotland that tomorrow could just be the wrong day to meet them to avoid the wooden spoon. Well, that was my fear all along. I thought we'd beat Wales last week and I got that well wrong. But, um, you know, I was convinced we would and I was nervous about this one because Scotland have shown signs of fine play and also an ability to implode um, three or four times a game, which you can't afford to do at this level. And, you know, I would be worried about it. And yet I still believe that Ireland are a very good team. And I think we had a big blip last week and I think we've learned a lot from it. Um, We need to be infinitely more accurate than we were last week. Um, And banana skinned be damned. I think you just need to Okay, so forecast for that one? Um, I'm I, I'm not sure the exact points. I think we win. I hope we win well. I'm, I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't be jumping on a score. Okay, ten, twelve, maybe. Yeah. Something okay. Like it. So now we move on to the last match. England know what they've got to do. They've got to beat 
France by, would say, a dozen points or eight points. Um, they bring in Parling uh, for Ashwood. Car- Courtney Laws, I thought, was a big improvement, as was Mike Brown returning. They're at home. Hard to know which French team will turn up. What's your call for this match? Yeah, France just don't win in Twickenham and haven't for a long time. I had some very interesting conversations with some former French captains last week. Um, their belief is that it, that France can play unbelievably well at the end of tournaments. They believe that they will beat Ireland in the World Cup. They think that everything will go fine for them um, when when they're in control of their own destiny, as it were. Um, and they don't seem to be overly upset with the fact that France are not playing particularly well. And France have the ability to, you know, to do something magic. But I don't see it. I can't see it happening. I think England are a really good side, even though we, we beat them and beat them very well in Dublin. At home, they're a different proposition. And it is one of the, the vagaries of this tournament that they will know exactly what they have to do. So I, to be honest, I think... Um, okay, so we're now at twenty past seven. All yeah. three teams are on eight points. Who wins the Six Nations? Um, I think the likelihood is that England win it. All right, you can say no more. You got all three predictions wrong last week, Keith. I, I was watching yeah. you on BBC, so you can't be wrong all the time. A no. clock stops once every twenty-four well, yeah, hours. I, well, <laughs> I found it. I was so entertained by how wrong I was last week. It <laughs> made it fun for me. This is a rewind big weekend special, and that's Keith Wood on the rugby. But what about the Premier League? Well, on Sunday, Liverpool host Manchester United in Anfield. A win will see them leapfrog their neighbours, or well, their near neighbours, into fourth position. Kickoff is at one thirty. It's live and exclusive on Off the Ball. I've been speaking to ex Feyenoord West Ham and Sunderland striker David Connolly about this game. Yeah, I mean this will be a great game, and um, you know Liverpool in, in fantastic form. Rodgers has changed the formation, playing very attacking football. Saying that for me, they're a very small team, um, and it'll be interesting. Man United's tactics if they press them high. You know, and try and force a long ball. They've only got small people up front. It's just whether United can stop them passing the ball out and getting out of trouble. Because um, I think once they get at the Man United back four, I look at it and they've got a winger on one side in Valencia on, at right back, and they've got Blind at left back, who's a midfielder. Now, if I was Liverpool, I'd be isolating Blind because I don't feel he has the legs, and he's not a left back. So for me, it'd be interesting. I imagine they'll put Sterling up against Blind to try and attack down that side. Um, and really go for them. So it'll be a really, really good game, I feel, and, and, and these games are always fantastic. Obviously, the game of the season for Liverpool fans, um, obviously, and for United as well. Try and talk me through those tactical changes that Liverpool have made under Brendan Rodgers in the last while that has set them on their way on this fantastic run of form. Well, I mean, they've gone, they've gone to a back three, which sometimes I feel, if they had actually more comfortable players on it. Emery Khan is, is definitely, he's, he's good on the ball, but Lovren hasn't covered himself in, in glory. Skirtle or Saka aren't totally comfortable on the ball. So I, I feel when they're pressed, they're not actually that great at passing out, particularly Saka and Skirtle. It's just whether teams can actually do that. Um, I watched them in a game recently and, and they were pressed, went back to Mignolet, he kicked it long and then Liverpool lost every ball in the air. It's just whether they can... Man United can affect that ball into midfield. Now, the four in midfield, sometimes they, they play a diamond, sometimes they play a box. However it is, they, they create an overload in there, and obviously they've got the three up top to go and affect whoever they're playing against. So, I mean, they've got a lot of good ball-playing midfielders. I mean, some of my teammates are there. Adam Lallana's come in and done for a while. Who was with at Southampton. Jordan Henderson, who was at Sunderland. It's great to see these lads kicking on. And um, it just seems that I've got the blend right saying that. You know, they've got Sturridge back now. He was a big miss. 
and they're going to be a, a handful for any team. I just wonder whether Man United with Mata, if he's on the right, I'm not sure he'll track back. Um, Fellaini, I'm not sure whether he'll track back. I don't know whether he's got the, you know, the dynamic sort of nature to keep up with Liverpool. So there's a few question marks, I feel, over United against a really dynamic team. But saying that, they answered that against Spurs on last weekend. But saying that, I felt Spurs had a very young midfield. So um, this Liverpool midfield is, is much more experienced. Um, so it'll be a really interesting battle. What's your prediction? Oh, I'm going for a 1-0 Liverpool. OK, David Connolly, thanks as always for joining us. Cheers, Oshin. Take care. This is a Rewind Big Weekend special on News Talk and that was David Connolly on Liverpool against Manchester United. Raf Diallo is a regular on football on the Rewind, so I spoke to him about whether or not Steven Gerrard will start. But first, asked him to sum up how big a game this is. Remember, it's live and exclusive on Off the Ball this Sunday at 1.30. It is, because they're both they're very close in the table now. We're looking at about four teams who are separated by about five or six points and that'll be City who are actually gone from being title challengers to actually maybe having to look a little bit behind them. And you've got, obviously, Arsenal, who are in good form right behind them. You've got Manchester United, who are right behind Arsenal. And then Liverpool, who are just hovering right behind them as well. And, yeah, this is a huge, huge game. Not just because not just because of the result and the fact that these teams not only hate each other but and, uh, you know, are fighting for a top-four place, but a top-four place for next season is vital for the direction both of these clubs want to go. Manchester United can't, well, financially maybe they could take a hit of being out of the Champions League for two consecutive seasons, but for their prestige, they've got to really end the the absence. And for Liverpool as well, they got back in this year. Do they really want to be kind of yo-yoing in and out of it? I don't think so, particularly revenue-wise as well, and for attracting players. So it's a huge game on that front. But I suppose when we're looking at the game tactically, Van Gaal or Van Gaal has been very, very hard to to read at the moment because he's changed it up so many times. As even for the Tottenham game, it worked, but before that, you know, sometimes he's gone for back trees. Sometimes it's you know the back four, and you never really know. And they're coming up against a Liverpool side who are grinding out results, results as we saw against Swansea. You know, playing a counter-attacking game with uh, you know a three-man d- defense and no Gerrard in sight. Obviously, been injured for a while, but. Um, Will he get back in this Sunday? He he should be fit to start because he yeah, has been recovering. Yeah. He is recovered. He be, yeah, he should be fit to start. But why? You know, if it isn't broke, why fix it then? Mm. When with an option that you know is going to leave at the end of the season, at the end of the day, and also, you know, he's you'd, you'd actually really question: Does he deserve a place in the starting lineup? Definitely can come on, come off the bench, but. If you're looking at it from Rogers' point of view, you're here to win a game. It's not about sentiment either, as great as Gerrard has been for Liverpool. But you've got to think about what works against United. If he leaves him on the bench, when he brings him in or if he brings him in, does that change the formation? Does that change Liverpool's attitude? What does it change? Because on the face of it, you know, he seems like a good player to have to make an impact. Yeah, he would be a good player to make an impact. And I suppose the fact that they're playing a back three means... There is extra protection behind Gerrard uh, in a way that the back four wouldn't have given him that protection when he was sitting there in front of it. So, yeah, I think he's a good option to bring off the bench. He's got a good range of passing and it's not like he'll have played the first hour and he his energy levels will have dipped. So, you know, he should be up to the pace of the game. But I just don't think there's a need. There's If he starts, fair play. But I don't think there's a need to bring him in. Uh, even if there's that sentimental notion that this is his last game against Manchester United, you know, play him. Um, I don't. I don't really see that. Are United weak at the back? Is that where they're most vulnerable still? Because 
judging on last week and only last week. They seem to they they seem to have uh, solved any attacking problems they might have. They have by bringing yeah by leaving out well Van Persie's injured so that helps mm. and then Falcao has also been kind of sidelined a little bit so Rooney up top on his own did quite well against Tottenham and uh, the good thing they have is the Fellaini can be a link between midfield and the attack so he can kind of play that role not a what you would call a traditional number ten role but he does he at least there's a bit of presence there both aerially and as we saw with the first goal against Spurs as a man as a player that can run at the defence and get a goal so you know looking at that I suppose yeah you're right it's the defence that's the issue uh, Phil Jones and Smalling started last week um, and I, personally I don't think they're particularly good enough but again there's not much you can do you can't really strengthen that position until the summer so it's more a question does Van Gaal go for a back three again as he did with the Dutch during the World Cup where you know your individual defenders aren't up to it so you actually just put an extra person back so you have extra protection who knows we'll see he's very he's very he's been very hard to read so far what's your prediction my prediction is a 1-1 draw sitting on the fence <laughs> this is the Rewind Big Weekend Special and that's Raf Diallo of Team 33 and Off the Ball Gaelic Games now and this week Cara Finn captured a second ever AIB All-Ireland Club football title with a convincing victory over Schlock Neil, 114-7 to seven points, the final score in Croke Park. It was a great day for the Galway Club. He's got a man! Goal chance! Fire her! Back in the net! Goal for Corrafin! And listen to this, Corrafin are the All-Ireland Club champions! For 2015, and who can deny that the finest club in Ireland have been rewarded with the biggest prize of all? Andy Berrigan is heading west. Corbin is just off the N17 as you head north from Clare Galway. I'm sure Andy Merrigan had a great journey. Earlier, Corbin coach and former All-Ireland club winner with Cross Malina, Stephen Rochford, discussed the win with me. And I started by asking if he was particularly satisfied with the win because, well, not only were they successful, but they actually used a pretty impressive brand of football. I, I suppose, you know, to get the result of all was the primary objective. Um, the manner in which you play... And yeah, that 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 has to I say I suppose has been a bit satisfying, especially when you're reflecting and supporters and that are uh, complimentary around that, that. That that is a bit satisfying. But I suppose uh, other things that maybe haven't been maybe commented on maybe as much is that the, the team worked extremely hard. Uh, they they tackled uh, very very well, and and in order to to play that maybe expansive game of football, they 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 know they have to go about winning the football. Cora Finn have always had the talent. We've seen that in a previous generation. We've seen it, you know, down through the years, and we've especially seen it here. But how did you get guys with that much talent to work that hard? Is that always the key when you have talented players? Because sometimes talent actually blocks guys from working hard. It doesn't seem to be the case with this bunch of players. Yeah, well, I suppose you know that that's maybe the the, the strength of the squad and the strength of uh, of the panel. I think you know we we had a thirty eight man uh, training panel, uh, each one of them pushing. Uh, the next man as hard as as, as they could, and, and I think we played twenty eight, twenty nine guys throughout the championship. So I think when the when the talent uh, understands that there's also other aspects to uh, the role and what's 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 expected of them, uh, talented footballers, you know, then start to realise that there's a, there's, a, there's a work and there's a work rate and uh, other aspects needed. And you've mixed 
youth and experience quite well as well. I mean, Kieran Fitzgerald, what experience he brings, an All-Ireland winner back in 2001. And, you know, you've got the younger generation there as well. How did you manage to marry that? Or was it a case that, you know, they have that kind of natural blend themselves? Well, I think, you know, speaking about Kieran. Firstly, like I mean, he's he's really has been the the heartbeat of that group. Um, you know, he's a, a spiritual leader in many ways to them, and he he more than anybody else is setting the standards at every training session, gym sessions, uh, diet wise. So you know, it's it, it's very easy for 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 guys that are interested to, to follow his lead. And then, like I mean, the the youth. Well, I mean. You know, there's an, an awful lot of these guys have played goal with minor and have won all Ireland under one medal. So, I mean, I think it's a natural. Um, being, it's come a bit naturally that, that that they've integrated with the group and integrated with the older lads. So, you know, it, it's offered us a, a a nice blend of yeah, that that older and and, and younger sides. When you were offered the Curraghfin gig, did you think to yourself, right, I'll go down there and have a have a look, and then I'll develop a style, or did you think to yourself, as soon as you were offered the job, right, I know exactly want what I want to do? Um, well, I, I knew that you know I wanted my team to 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 work hard and play hard, and you know play play to a level where they weren't going to be seen as a, a soft touch, and you know I suppose the the. the the, the element of, the, of how they played football is something that probably has progressed, and you know we we've probably developed that uh, better in the last twelve months than yeah, than in the first year that, that that I was involved. But again, I, th- I think with any of those things, it takes a bit of time and uh, and, and more understanding. And um, it was you know the only thing the only thing that I, that I knew going in there is that this is going to be a very talented bunch, and I think that's. You know that's been proven to be the case, um, but that we just needed to channel our energies uh, as, as a group, and, and, and thankfully we've got a reward for that. Even with the talent that you have, you couldn't have expected to dominate Galway and Connacht, especially like you did uh, this year, stroke this season. You know what I mean? Um, so was that a worry earlier in the season that perhaps you know you'd peak too soon and you weren't going to be able to pull this through until March? And now that you have, you must think, well, I don't know what I was worried about. But was it a worry? Um, was it a worry? You know, it, it was one of these things that we, you know, we continued to reflect on that, you know, it was outside our control. Um, you would, um, you would be thinking that you needed to to peak uh, for each championship game, um, that we needed to raise our standards and, and, and get to a, if you call it like a higher level of <laughs> of peaking. Uh, that 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 was the hope. Um, but look, I think I think you. Know, we we couldn't um, foresee that we were going to you know win some of those championship games in, in the manner we did, and I, I, I think it's times ushing as well that the scoreline didn't always reflect how, how tight the game was um, or, or or tightness within certain patches, but um, no we, we we just demanded and the, the the players demanded it of themselves as well that they just knew that after each game they just had to box that off and and, and get up to a, a standard um, that they had, had set from the previous game they needed to repeat that and, and push it a little bit higher How does winning an All-Ireland club title as a manager compare to winning one as a player which you did with Cross Malina? Yeah um, you know they, they're both very very satisfying um, I think you know you're, to win one as a player is obviously the the, 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 the slightly more special one because you're, you're winning as um out on the field, you're winning it with your friends and, um, you know, the, the, your own community, seeing seeing them, family and friends um, being involved is quite special. But, like, Carfin has been, has been, has been excellent as well. I mean, the homecoming that we, that we, that we got, um, 
you know, I, I'll remember that forevermore. And, you know, the community have been brilliant about that. And, you know, the players, seeing the excitement on the players' face um, has been super. But I, it, 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 they are different emotions. I think, you know, from a player perspective, you feel you've got more control. Um, going into the game, you can control the, the results a little bit more. As a manager, you, you, you know, you can only control something until the ball is thrown in. And what does the future hold for you now, Stephen? I suppose when you when you achieve great things like you have, your name gets linked to other positions. But uh, what's the situation with yourself? Ah, well, I mean, I'm going to sit down probably with the with the club over the next few days, and uh, you know, look, look look at what we're going to possibly do in 2015. Um, I, I I know in the in Immediately in the, the next few uh, days, and that we're going to have a good rest. Um, uh, going to take a couple of weeks off, and uh, maybe pick up the, the reins again. Like you know, once I, I talk to the club, we'll probably pick up the, the reins again in, in sometime in April, and uh, see if we can go around winning the first round of the championship. Well, the rest is certainly deserved. What about the uh, structure of the All Ireland series? Would you like to see it stay on St Patrick's Day, the final, or would you like to see it all moved into one calendar year? Um. You know, it's a bit of a tricky question. I, 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 I wouldn't like to see the year being squeezed for the sake of it just being in a, a twelve-month period. Um, I do think that the the club players deserve that uh, element of respect. Um, that if you're going to start asking them to play a kind of final or a, a provincial final, should I say, an All Ireland semi-final, an All Ireland final in a four-week period, might be a little bit of too much of an ask on the basis that they've may have had three months doing doing. doing very little because of intercounty action. So I think we need to get the balance right around trying to, you know, reduce the the, the, the year certainly, but let's not do it on the, um, you know, uh, and, and put players sort of under a bit more pressure to um, perform at, at those high levels that we spoke about earlier in a very very short period of time. Stephen, thanks for speaking to us and congratulations on a wonderful season with Corafin. Thanks very much, Shoshin. This is the Rewind Big Weekend special on News Talk and that was Cara Finn manager Stephen Rochford on winning the All-Ireland Club title. You wouldn't bet against them for next year given their dominance this year. Congratulations also to Ballyhale Shamrocks who won their sixth ever title. Henry Shefflin picking up All-Ireland senior medal number 13 when you add his club to county titles. He says he'll make the decision this very weekend. Is that what the eclipse was about on Friday morning? Henry Shefflin's decision. Look, we'll find out in the next couple of days. Whatever it is, best of luck to Henry. But in my own humble opinion, I actually think he could make a contribution to Kilkenny this year. Lots have been written about the pros and cons of him coming back or retiring. But uh, if he wants to, even at 36, Shefflin could still be quite effective. Back to rugby now. And the Irish women's side could win their championship if they beat Scotland on Sunday. Well, Tom Tierney's team know any form of win will do if France lose to England. But if the French win, points difference will come into it. I've been speaking with Hooker Gillian Burke. But first, the coach, Tom Tierney. Tom Tierney, Ireland's women's coach. A good win at the weekend against Wales. 20-0. What was most satisfying, the 20 or the nil? <laughs> um, both uh, to be to be fair you know I'm going away from home uh, very very difficult place to play uh, to, to, to score 20 points but also to keep the, the Welsh team to, to, to no score was uh, hugely pleasing and hugely important in relation to the uh, the points difference which you know may, may be a huge factor on the, on, on the final weekend and Tell me how that works because you're playing Scotland you would be expected to beat them England are playing France and you need a favour 
from the world champions, don't you? We do indeed, yes. Um, England have uh, England have France uh, in Twickenham after the, the big game on Saturday. So um, so we'll know exactly how that one goes if uh, if England win. We just have to beat Scotland um, by anything, whatever it is. If, uh, if France win, then it comes down to points difference. At the moment, we're 20 points uh, worse off than France. So if, um, if, you know, if, if, if it came down to points difference, we would actually have to win well and win yeah. very, very well in Scotland, which, you know... You know, it's possible, but you know, it's uh, it's it's a dangerous one as well. It's a funny position you and Joe Schmidt find yourself in this weekend because no doubt you're happy to still be going for the championship, but maybe frustrated that you're not going for a Grand Slam. Yeah, you know, you know, we we, we can always look back at the uh, at the French game in uh, in Ashburn and obviously the the disappointment of uh, of losing the, uh, the disruption of the lights and all that kind of uh, stuff that happened. But um, you know, we had a couple of opportunities in that second half, and you know, you know, we, we can we can look back in it and then and feel sorry for ourselves. Or you know, in fairness to the girls, they've um, they've actually learned from it, and uh, and that's why you know, in in no small part, we put in a few huge performance against England to uh, to, to win. Uh, the the uh, the match a couple of weeks ago and you know and a very very professional performance last weekend against Wales. What most pleased you about the performances overall? Because not only did you have to rebuild after the World Cup, a new coaching team came in, but also a lot of new players. They seem to have really adapted because there was a worry coming into this competition that with that much change, it might take a while to come together. Yeah, there was there was obviously a lot of change from a from a playing point of view, but also from a, a management point of view as well. And you know, we were very very conscious of the fact that we had uh, we had lost a number of, of senior players, but you know, there was a there was a number of you know really really good players that were that that, that became senior players now, and uh, and they've taken the they've taken the mantle of that uh, hugely well and hugely effectively. And um, you know, and, and on top of that, they're very very good players, and we've tried to add you know a small bit of a structure, a small bit of a shape to the uh, to attack and defence and stuff like that. And uh, you know, the girls the girls seem to be enjoying it and. You know, you know, it's always you know, it's always easy to enjoy it when you win, and um, and that's the that's the huge part. And then uh, you know, we're 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 really in a good place at the moment, and uh, and it's only starting. And there's loads more work to do, but you know, it's been a great start. What do you need to improve on? Yeah, you need to. I, I, I suppose the the main thing you need to improve on is you know the amount of time that we spend together. Um, you know, that's that, that is the critical factor that we you know we just um, you know we've only had we've only had five training camps since uh, since Christmas since we came in came in. So it's um, it, it's all about just work together and time together. And uh, and once you do that, then you get to know each other and you know and ever, and everyone gels, both management and players. And uh, and you can start building your game plan then after that. Best of luck against Scotland. Thank you very much, Usher. Gillian Burke, Ireland hooker. 50 caps for you. Yeah. Collected the 50th in the Wales game. Before we look ahead to Scotland, let's look back at the tournament so far. How do you assess it? Um, well, I suppose coming in after the World Cup, we lost a lot of senior players, uh, complete new coaching staff as well. So I would say we're building quite nicely through the tournament. I mean, we started off in Italy. We left a lot of opportunities behind after us, but we still managed to put a decent score on them. We were unlucky through our own doing not to win the French match. Um, I think we'll see that as an opportunity loss. And then against England, we ground out a really tough win and the same at the weekend. So I think like we're building and we're definitely moving in the right direction and we're looking for a big performance on, on Scotland, in Scotland to, to kind of round up the tournament and hopefully get a win there. Yeah, if you beat Scotland, you could win the championship, but it all yeah. depends on how England do against France. You're looking for England to do you a favour, aren't you? They're playing France on Saturday in Twickenham after the men's game. Yeah, like preferably we'd like England to beat France, and that would mean we just needed to beat Scotland by any margin. Um, if they don't beat France, I believe we have to beat Scotland by plus 21 points to what France score against England. So even at that, we're looking for England to um, keep France to quite a uh, low-scoring game if possible. Uh, 
but I mean, again, we're not really going to bank on other things to happen. Like we have to put in our own performance on, on Sunday and we have to win a match first before we think about winning a championship. You have to execute well in a game like this. You can't let your mind drift because you'd be very heavy favourites to beat Scotland. And in a situation like that, it's easy to let the concentration slip. And it's even easier to let the concentration slip when you know or you think you might have to do more than win. Yeah, like, I mean, I think even two years ago when we were looking for the Grand Slam and we went to Scotland to try and beat them for our first Triple Crown, like, the pressure that day told on us. And it wasn't until the 60th minute that we managed to start putting them away. Um, you know, when you're in a situation like that, definitely pressure can get to your head and you can make silly mistakes that aren't uh, common within certain players or even the team. But I do think we're learning. Like, I mean, our execution this weekend was much better than our execution in the England game and in the French game in terms of scoring when we got into scoring areas. So, I mean, we'll be looking to just build on what we did last weekend. We definitely improved last weekend. We controlled the game an awful lot more and we had possession, which is what it was probably what won us the match, really. Um, so we'll be looking to do the same this weekend. And again, once we get into that green zone, start putting points on the board and that comes down to, to control from everybody really. I have to say as a fan when so many players retired and there was so much change with the squad and the coaching team came in quite late even though I know Tom's a coach and know how good a job he was capable of doing and has done there was a worry when all, there was so much change coming into the tournament. How have you actually taken off so well? Yes, the game against Italy wasn't the ideal performance in the first half but you kind of played your way in against France, bit of a slip up but beat the world champions then went to Wales beat them 20 nil. Yeah, like, I mean, when change comes in, you just have to adapt. Things are going to be different. And especially when you're leaving or losing key players like Fee and, and Lynn and even Gracie, like girls that have been there for maybe eight or ten years. Like, when you're losing players like that, other people have to set up, step up to the mark. Um, when you get new coaches in, they're going to bring in new styles of play. We're probably playing very different now to the way we played in the World Cup. Uh, both ways have been successful for us so far. So, I mean, it is just a case of, taking stock we were joking at the weekend we only had four training camps and we might go in the championship it's a hell of a lot a lot less than what other teams have had but um, for us I think it's a sign of the unity within the team and the buy-in into Tom and, and the lads and what they've brought to the squad like we've bought into their coaching style and it seems to be working for us You're all obviously massive rugby fans as well yeah. is there a, a danger that a lot of the nervous energy will be eaten up by watching the men's game on Saturday or is that actually a good thing it's good to have the distraction because the, the country will be watching it. Yeah, like, I mean, it's great to watch the lads and support the lads. Uh, obviously, we'll be focusing on, on our own game, yeah. though, and to watch the boys will completely be supporting them. But once that match is over, um, yeah. we'll be go- looking straight towards our own match. And really, I don't think our concentration is going to slip since, since we finished in Wales. We started focusing towards Scotland. Um, everyone's recovering this week, and we'll be back in on Friday to put, put together our game plan for the weekend. Um, and obviously we're wishing the boys the best of luck and hopefully they're in the same situation as us that they can pull off the championship as well. How difficult is recovery for this squad? Because you're amateur players, you all have work to go to. Yeah, like it depends on everybody uh, and their different jobs that they have to go to. But it is, it's, it's structured quite well. The coaching staff and our strength conditioner, Lucas, like, takes control of it quite well. We have our different gym sessions during the week and our recovery sessions. It's no different to what it's always been. We're not used to any different... Um, we've always been amateur so for us I think like we try to maintain our professionalism as much as we can and people will go to Monday uh, in on Monday and do their jobs until Thursday evening and then come into squad in the same nick that we always do we'll be, we'll be ready to play Scotland And long term focus wise is it difficult to kind of focus on one or the other because there's many in this squad who want to be part of the Sevens team who will hopefully go to Rio Yeah like I mean for the girls who are involved in Sevens 
Um, at the moment, they're focusing on the 15s, which is, is what we need within the squad. And then once they go back to sevens, you know, everybody will be behind them and backing them to get to Rio. It's a big challenge for them. Um, but it's definitely something that they're building towards. But at the moment, you know, those girls are, are working really hard, to be fair, to just develop as rugby players and to become the best rugby players they can be within both units. And they have different tournaments come up with, coming up with the sevens. Um, I suppose they'll be tested in that, but at the moment this is a good experience for them to get game time at this level while they're not playing any sevens competitions. Gillian, good luck against Scotland. Yeah, thank you very much. And the very best of luck to Gillian Burke and Tom Tierney as the Irish women go for a Six Nations Championship, a second in three years. It's a huge weekend because as well as the women's match on Sunday, the men playing Scotland on Saturday, we need things to go for us, let's hope that they do in the Premier League on Sunday at half one it's Liverpool against Manchester United we heard David Connolly and Raf Diallo talk about that earlier on it's live and exclusive by the way on Off The Ball and as well as all that it's a big weekend in GAA the Alliance League in Division 1B of Hurling this is sees uh, Wexford host Waterford and the winner of that will go in to Division 1A. That will be a huge boost for either county. Wexford have been down a while now. Waterford looking to bounce back straight away, having been relegated last year. Should be an interesting match at Innovate Wexford Park. Whatever happens over the weekend, we will cover it all on the Monday Rewind, out lunchtime Monday on newstalk.com forward slash rewind. Thanks for joining us on the Big Weekend Special. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.